everyone and welcome to Drew Kama Radio. My name is Livi Yahoo and I will be your co-host today. We are honored and grateful to have Daishi with us again. Hi Daishi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I hope you're doing good too. And I'm really excited about talking about the illusory self. Okay, so can you tell us what does the illusory self mean in practical terms? The illusory self, in practical terms, is the character or the idea of the identity that we believe that we are. So, in real quick concept, it's the self, the selfing, the person John Doe, that we have been societally and culturally identified with and influenced by our whole lives, but is really non-existent, really doesn't contain anything of substance, it's transient, it's temporary, and it's actually not there at all when we investigate it. And as we look into it more and more, we see that the physical body, the emotional energy, the mental formations, all the sense perceptions, everything that's happening within us is coming and going. Nothing is permanent and infinite there. It's just transient and temporal. So, a thought will come up, an emotion will come up, a physical action, speech will come up, and even the macrocosmic or outside world will come and go, and nothing's sustained. And there is something that's watching all of those things happen, including the memory, including the intellect, including the ego, the boundary of the body, the boundary of the person, all of these aspects of the self are coming and going and changing and shifting none of them remaining consistent. And because of that, we find we're trying to believe that that is us, that the memories are us, that the projections are us, that the intellect is us, that the identity is us, that the ego boundary, the emotions, the thoughts, the speech, the actions, and the outside world all relate to what we are, encompass what we are. But in truth, none of that is really true because none of that is really real in the sense that it's not lasting. So, we can't have a consistent and persistent self associated to really inconsistent and not persistent things. Okay. So, you said that there is something watching all that. So, if the identity is illusory and there is something beyond it, then what is that? Hope this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's absolutely the right question because the observer can't be the observed, right? In other words, if I can see something, it's not me. So, if I see a thought, it's outside of the seer. Therefore, it's not the seer. It's the scene. So, if I see a thought or I feel a feeling that comes and goes, or I say words, or I perform actions, or I see events outside of me, all of those things are not me by default. They're outside of whatever it is I believe the me is. So, as you mentioned, the only thing that we can kind of perceive as ourselves is the watching part of that. Because the thought isn't me, it comes and presents itself and somehow what I believe I am sees the thought. So, I see the thought and say, oh, there's my thought. That's not yours if you're looking at it. On one hand, if I make a picture, is that me? No, it's what you created, right? You created something that's not really you. It may represent some aspect of what you believe you are, but you can't say, here I am. Let me introduce you to myself and point to a picture. <laughs> I mean, an artist might do that because they're kind of creative in that way, but in truth, that can't happen. It wouldn't be right. So, if we look at a thought the same way, you may have a thought or see a thought or observe a thought, but in truth, that thought isn't you. So, 
the problem with all of this is that all of the collections of thoughts, of speech, of emotions, of actions, of the outside world have been collected and experienced by something. And all of those experiences have been conglomerated into what constitutes the identity or the illusory identity. In fact, all of those outside things that I think makes me up can't possibly make me up. They can only be experienced. They can't really be what I am. So, the path itself to begin with, at least in the beginning, is to really get through to where I am or where whatever is beyond all this fodder or this transient material. Because the truth of the matter is that all of the things that are happening in the physiological body and brain are mostly programmed and influenced data. So, from the time we were little babies in the womb itself, we were inundated by information that shaped how we were going to grow and experience and perceive and filter things and so on. So, our parents and our friends and government and schools, you know, all societal and cultural influences really shaped how the brain and the physiological body functions automatically. So, if you put inside of that a perceiver that's just watching all of this, then there's kind of two separate things. There's the perceiver and then all of this mechanical process that seems to just be happening, right? Thoughts are coming and going, intellect's happening, memories happening, projections are happening, feelings are happening, speeches. So, all these things are happening. And because of unconsciousness and unawareness, we cling to these things as if they're me. I'm stupid. I'm great. I can't do this, I can do this, I love this, I hate this, etc, etc. Et it just goes on and on. And we're being fooled. It's the greatest <laughs> hoax ever played on humanity to believe that those things are you. They're not. They're just experiences that have been shaped and formed by culture and society completely. And that's why there's a big debate about what is free will and what's not free will. Because if you just took away the observer and let the machine run by itself, the brain, conscious, unconscious, the emotional reactions, the mental agitations and iterations and undulations and, and the physical speech and actions, you would have a robot. It's been programmed to love this and hate this. And as it goes through life, it continually modifies itself to love and hate new things and experience things and make up decisions on what it believes in and what it doesn't believe in and so on and so forth. But really, it's just a machine. Now, the problem is we become habitually entangled in that machine to such a deep degree that we believe everything it thinks and chooses and does is us, and that causes tremendous delusion and suffering. Tremendous. So, in the beginning of the path, we got to cut through all of that and get to a place of at least persistent observation from the sole singular place of seeing and perceiving. And that will cut us away from all the unnecessary ignorant filters and all the unnecessary and ignorant actions and reactions that are happening that cause karmic debt, right? Or karmic action and consequence. So, there are practices specifically to get back, back, back all the way to that source space and beyond, okay? But first, we have to figure out what am I and what am I not? And it's always best to start with what am I not? And so, when we get through that, we're cutting through that term, illusory self. We're cutting through the thing, I believe I am, but it turns out I'm not at all. And that is essentially the most important part of the path in terms of setting the right foundation for the rest of the path. Because I have to determine where I begin and end 
in order to get away from the delusional ignorance that's causing my confusion, delusion, and suffering. Okay. I'm trying to determine <laughs> if I'm understanding this correctly. So the illusory self is composed of many things, like reactions and memories and experiences, and then it seems to be like one thing, but it's just like a ball of many things. <laughs> it's like a salad. So you look and you say, here's a salad, but what is a salad? Essentially, it's a bunch of things thrown into a bowl. It's not really one thing. So you could say a salad is tomatoes and cucumbers. And so what if I pull a cucumber out of the salad bowl? I take all the cucumbers. Is it still salad? At some point, it just becomes lettuce. <laughs> here's a good way to look at it. If you have a memory of the past, is that you? No, I don't think so. It's you watching it's something. Experience. Yeah, you watching an experience. If you have a projection of the future in the same way, that's not you, it's you watching an experience. So the past and the future aren't really you, they were you reviewing something you observed a long time ago. However, a lot of people inherently hold on to their past and projected futures as intrinsically connected to them, that it's their memory. It's their thing, their projection, part of their identity. It's part of what makes up who they are, when in fact, it has nothing to do with who they are at all. It just has to do with an experience the observer went through at some point. And if you understand that the intellect, the conversations of the brain, the thoughts of the mind, the emotional reactions to those memories and everything else connected to it are also not you, then we're dealing with a huge salad. We're saying all this salad is me, but no, it's all different parts. The intellect is not you, it just crunches numbers and shows you how to make a peanut butter sandwich. The memories are not you, we've established the projections are not you. The boundary in your body, can you say that the cells are you? No, because I can cut my finger off and I'm still here. So, where does the purity of you begin and then all the other essential extra stuff from the physiological brain body begin? And that really establishes the illusory self because what happens is people ignorantly connect with and associate themselves with all of the programming and influence of everything else around them that they had nothing to do with. That really doesn't represent who they are. So, what can we do to move beyond the illusory self? The whole path is to get to a liberating point, as they say in mysticism, to be liberated. Liberation merely means the end of error. <laughs> There's no more errors. So, liberation means that I've cut off errors, I've cut off the ignorance or delusion to such an extent that I'm no longer entangled in any of it. So, I become aware of everything that I'm not completely, all the way down to the unconscious level. So, in order to take the first steps that are the hardest steps on the path, building that foundation, we have to establish where we are not, who we are not. The thing that we play, the John Doe, the accountant, the two cars, the big salary, it's like a movie role. It's like an actor. It's like a character in a comic book. All of that stuff that happens to be what the physiological brain body is doing every day, we have to move back, back, back behind until we get to a point where we're sure we're the seer only. And all of the scene has been categorized outside of that seer aspect. And that takes some practice and some work because the more we go backwards, the more we watch the habitual karmic tendencies play out and detach from them. So, in other words, as we move back toward that seer position, 
we start to notice that, oh, there's something that I thought I reacted to, but now I clearly see this emotional or mental event and I don't react to it now because now I'm in control of what's happening in that process. And that karmic loop has been unlooped. It's been detangled, untangled. It's been released. So as we move back, back, back farther to the scene only position, we cut and clip all of these unconscious actions and habits and reactions, and we become clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer until we're absolutely purely stabilized in one seer position and not driven in any way at all by anything other than that seer position. We're in control. Okay, so in the last episode, there was some talk about the mind stream and the voices inside our heads. Can you tell us how these relate to the identity or the illusory self? Absolutely. So that's a good question. So the conversations, the music playing in our head, the emotional reactions, these are just habit energy circuits. In other words, the physiological brain in the body is reacting to circumstances, to conditions, to causes and effects. So basically, if someone tells me that I'm a stupid person, I get defensive and react against that because I've been somehow influenced as I grew up to defend myself, to feel that I need to defend me for whatever reason. It's the way that the ego works, it's the way that the ego is built, and it's the way that we typically get influenced as we grow up. So we defend ourselves. Now that's an ignorance because we're actually defending something that has nothing to do with the self at all. So that would be an error. All of these voices, all of these different karmic loops, the synaptic mind that fires off different kinds of chemical reactions and causes us to have different kinds of feelings, sensations, and experiences within, since they have nothing to do with the me, or whatever we're calling it, the seer position, I have to become aware of them. Otherwise, what happens is they happen under the covers or under the radar. They go on happening unconsciously, and I keep repeating or enforcing those loops. And when I create errors over and over again, and I allow those errors to persist, I continually cause an entanglement in the illusory self-identity. And if we keep doing that, we're going to find that suffering and delusion continues as well. So we have to become aware of that process precisely because when we get really aware of it on a conscious and unconscious level and become ultimately illumined in that degree, all of those errors are cut off and life becomes like a stream. It just flows perfectly. And then the suffering and delusion is stopped and the errors, miscalculations, judgments, and erroneous data conditions are all waved away. They're gone. I no longer rely on any of that and I become clear of life and its purpose and its process. And that's awesome stuff. Can you give us any information on the new website? We can. It's going to be up at the end of next week. I believe Friday of next week will be the launch date. So we're looking forward to that. We have a bunch of people excited about experiencing that for the first time. So we're inviting everybody in, whoever's interested, and we are keeping in touch with those that have contacted us about it. But to finish the idea and the thought here, if we had a world of people who were clear about these erroneous conditions, the illusory self, if we had a very small population of the world who were crystal clear about the difference between the seer and everything in front of it, the illusory self, and became detached or untangled from it, not that we don't use it, we still use the ego, we still use the mental aggregates or whatever forms the self, we still use the emotions, we still use the body, but we're just clear about using the body rather than it using us. 
if we can have people move into just that space, we would have a very productive and beautiful world because all of the fears would go away, all of the judgments would go away, all of the calculations and agendas would go away, and we would become honest, clear, concise, and precise, radiantly pristine people who could associate and connect with each other in a wonderful way. So, this is the most important thing, I think, for all of humanity to understand these basic ideas so that we can begin to experience life in a very profound, clear, and correct way. So, the idea of Jukama or any authentic teachings are to bring you to a place where that clearness happens for you and you get into the driver's seat rather than being driven around to destinations that you haven't chosen. So, Although that may be the beginning point for the path in some regards, it's the place that I think everyone needs to at least get to, and it's the place that we're trying to provide step-by-step -step instructions, an easy, simple way at your home to get there as concisely and quickly as possible. Great. Thank you so much, Daishi, for joining us today and sharing your time and energy with us. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it also. I know you have a lot going on and I appreciate you spending time doing this. So I thank you for that. You're welcome. And if any of you guys listening have any questions or comments about the show, please send us an email at radio at truekama.com. Thanks for being with us for today's show and we'll be seeing you next time.